Here we go. You are listening to Rumination Thursday on Law and Gospel on December the 16th in the year of our Lord, 2021. Just a few days before Christmas. And we have a very interesting topic. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me is Pastor Wes Reimnitz, and came up with a very interesting topic. It's kind of part of what we talked about last week, that adults who identify as Christian, only 6% or 15 million of them actually hold a biblical worldview. And what was the item that you found in this particular article, Pastor Reimnitz, that was quite surprising? It it was kind of interesting because it said the article listed itself as less than half of Americans and 63% of church-going Christians believe that Jesus existed before Christmas. Uh, So they posed the, the question, was Jesus around before Christmas? Yes. I refer to this as part of everyday theology. I think the purpose of a sermon is to help the pastor understand what is the everyday theology of the people sitting in the pews, which means it is not the theology of God. It is not the theology found in the Bible. And here's a perfect example, as you indicated, that half of Americans only believe that Jesus existed before Christmas. And even among church-going Christians, only 63% believe that Jesus existed before his virgin birth in Bethlehem. Could it be among the Christians that that uh, they've never been taught or even considered did Jesus exist before Christmas? If you go to most churches outside of Lutheranism, and unfortunately even in the ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, they are not really teaching biblical theology anymore. They're talking Mm -hmm. about social issues, about things that God says are contrary to nature, and yet they feel that you can do them even though it's against God's word. And we've been talking about going through the book of Proverbs, and Proverbs makes a point. There's two kinds of knowledge. There's men's knowledge, and there's spiritual knowledge from the true God. Men's knowledge believes that we're all saved by our works. God's knowledge Mm. is works don't save us at all. We're saved through faith. Well, interesting enough, you know, there's a friend of mine that I go to coffee with uh, several times during the week in in the morning. And devout Christian, Missouri Senate Lutheran, posed the question to him about whether Jesus existed before Christmas. And, uh, I mean, he kind of hedged and went back and forth on it. 
But uh, interesting enough, when I started explaining and opening up the Old Testament had to say about that, he goes, I had never thought of it that way before. And I could believe that uh, he had never attended a Bible class or scripture, you know, had been taught that. So, that, so that's why I posed that, that question that uh, can it be that some of them never have thought of it that way before? <laughs> and they're often thinking if he wasn't born until the virgin birth, did he exist? And so they have a hard time figuring that out. But what we need to do is look at a few Bible passages. Uh, the first one I want to look at, the first three verses of the Bible. In the beginning, mm. God created the heavens and the earth. That's talking about God the Father. It says, darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. That's the Holy Spirit. But listen to verse 3. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, how do we know that the person who said that is the second person of the Trinity. You go to John chapter 1. I'm talking about the gospel according to John. In the beginning was the Word. Word. And the Word was yeah. with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. And in case people are having a problem, is the word Jesus, listen to 14, verse 14 of John 1. And the word became flesh, flesh. and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. So just starting to read the Bible, there's Jesus in verse 3. Right. And another place to, to go, I think of all places, you, you, you've talked about this many times, but the road to Emmaus with uh, followers of Jesus, and he, and he opened up the scriptures. Well, what scriptures was available to them at that time but the Old Testament? and open him about how Christ must go and suffer and die and rise again. What do they think Isaiah is talking about, that the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all, unless they're talking about Jesus, who took that iniquity at the cross and suffered real pain, punishment for our sins, so that we could be forgiven. That is all spoken about in the Old Testament. Mm. Yeah, and, and probably another concept that, that I think uh, this article would never reach into, but we often talk about and Bible studies have been written on, is the angel of the Lord, is the pre-incarnated Christ that appears throughout the Old Testament. Yes. 
normally you can say an angel of the Lord, but when the definite article is there and you read the context, I, I think the most important one is in Exodus chapter three, entitled The Burning Bush. Moses was keeping the flock of his father and he came to Horeb, which is Mount Sinai. And verse two says, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And then the angel of the Lord says in verse six, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Now, that's really, really important. He was afraid to look yeah. at God, who is referred to as the angel of the Lord, who Lord. says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And that's the... And you find that throughout the, the Old Testament, uh, the same thing happened to Joshua when he went to to destroy Jericho. He ran into the c commander of the Lord's army, an angel of the Lord, and uh, he f fell down and worshipped him and asked, what, what can he do? And the commander said, take off your sandals, you're on holy ground. Yes. And that's really important to understand. You see, we believe, teach, and confess that the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were all present before the foundation of the world. And they made a decision knowing that there would be sin in the world, that the second person of the Trinity would become a human being for the purpose of dying for the sins of human beings. That's really what Christmas is all about. I often, on the sign outside the church, talk about Christmas in this way. He was born in order to die. Uh, That's yeah. all I had on you the know, sign. There's that uh, Bible study done by P. Kurowski that I really enjoy about angel of angels where he talks about the angel of the lord and he, he makes three statements that, that i think are, are really great when describing in a sense the bible that he jesus is a god who gets his feet dirty walking the dusty roads of palestine he is a god who wrestles with human beings literally he is a god who literally gets beaten and bloodied by humans. Yes. In other words, that book, by the way, is available from us for $15. If you want a copy of it, just, uh, well, mail to Law and Gospel at Post Office Box 28910, area code, well, zip code, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. And ask for the book. We'll send it to you with a bill. 
Uh, you can also email me at lawandgospel at lawandgospel101.com. So you don't have to send a letter. Just email, say you want the book. But it is a wonderful book to show that Jesus not only existed before his virgin birth, but he was very, very active. You know, and I've gone through, and I appreciate it, it's 13 chapters, 13 studies that you take a look at, but, you know, he covers the angel of the Lord in these various passages, and I've gone through in my Bible and highlighted the angel of the Lord and connected the Bible passages, uh, just talking about the wonderful promises. The one I found kind of fascinating was the Exodus angel, which uh, spoke about the angel of the Lord being with them as they left Egypt as a pillar of fire and a pillar of smoke. And it talks about the angel of the Lord going around behind them and setting up the the pillar of of smoke or fire to stop the the Egyptians and separating them from Israel. Yes, uh, last night for the Advent service, my theme was, how God is a shield. And the term shield uh, is referring to protecting us against the darts of the devil. And here he was protecting Israel against the darts of the Egyptians. And they crossed the Red Sea. Then they got all worried because here comes the Egyptians through the Red Sea. So what did God do? He sets up that pillar of fire. Well, the Red Sea, after they pass through, he caused the waters to go back together again and drown the Egyptian army. Exactly. And Pharaoh saw all that, and he was really perturbed. But that's how God is your shield. So the point I was making in the sermon is Jesus used the Bible as a shield against the devil in those temptations he had. How did he use the Bible as a shield, do you recall? Oh, well, he he commanded him uh, in each of the temptations, uh, the man should not live by bread alone, but by the words of of, uh, God. I mean, he uh, used the Bible as as a... uh, Well, as you say, as a shield, by speaking it with him. Yeah, each of the passages Jesus used for each temptation was from the book of Deuteronomy. And therefore, Uh it helps us to understand that the scripture can be a shield. How do you as a shield use the Bible when you visit someone in the hospital? Well, you have devotions with them, reading scriptures, and uh, it, it, as one member, I can remember, it still sticks out of my mind. She was anxious of going through open heart surgery, and when had devotions with her the day before her, her uh, surgery, and we we discussed the scriptures that I shared with her and, and the scripture passages and this confession and absolution and, you know, the apostles creed and, and our prayers. 
And when we were finished, she says, you know, a sense of peace came across me and she says, I'm ready to go for surgery and went through flying colors. Yes, I had a woman. She wasn't concerned about the surgery. Her room was on the second floor of the hospital. The surgery was on the third floor and she was petrified about going in the elevator. She was mm. claustrophobic. And so we brought Bible verses. And afterwards, I met with her after the surgery. And she said, I had no fear in going in the elevator. And she came through the surgery also. So the word of God does have an impact. Well, in fact, uh, Pete Kurowski in his book kind of defines it this way. He says, he, Jesus, is not a distant deity. He is not far away in in Timbuktu. He is not remote. He's, he's right there with us. Now, you made a point, and I think it's important because this survey talks about it, is that a lot of people may have the Bible because it is the most printed and sold book in the world. But over the last five decades, less than half of practicing Christians in the U.S. spend serious time engaging with their Bible, and, and the rest of the country is even worse. So the everyday theology trumps what God says because they don't read it sufficiently. Right, and we've discussed this before, and you brought it up early in the broadcast that we, we've got many churches out there that, that don't, be, don't believe. I call it stripping away the Bible, the evolution, the many ways that people talk about going to heaven, uh, the female clergy issue and the LGBTQ issue, work righteousness. We've seen uh, uh, that variance going on in our society. Yes. You see, you can have the Bible memorized like some of the scribes did and yet not know that Jesus is the Savior of the world when he showed up. And instead, they had so misunderstood the Bible that they ended up crucifying him. And that's why it's really important that your pastor knows the original Hebrew and the Greek, because many of the insights of the Bible, namely, what does that text really mean? You need you know, a pastor. Yeah. And, and you bring up the leaders of Jesus' time who didn't know, yet there were there were a few that we, we think really did know and come to believe, like Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea. And that is because Jesus used the Scripture in sharing with them. And you've already mentioned the wonderful road to Emmaus, where he took them from Genesis through the end of the Old Testament, showing all the places. And I, I'm sure there were many that he did not even mention because they would not have had enough time to go through every one of them. I've done a study on Old Testament passages 
that are found in the New Testament as being fulfilled. And that book is available for $10. If anybody would like to have a copy of that, just email me or uh, you can also write a letter. We'll send you the book with uh, a billing for $10. You know, while we talk about the road to Emmaus and those followers, we also talk later in Luke 24 about when Jesus talked to his disciples. He said, these words I have spoken to you while I was still with you and written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms to, to be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, so it is written that Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that the repentance for the forgiveness of sins should, should be proclaimed in his name. So Christmas for us is a wonderful time because it's a time for us to open up those scriptures and talk about the wonderful salvation that Christ has won for us. Yes, the Christmas sermon I'll be preaching and preparing right now is what are the effects of Christ's incarnation? Uh, First of all, I believe not many people really understand what incarnation means, but then there are some very important points to it, and that's going to be the Christmas Eve sermon I'll be preaching at four congregations, so I'm looking forward to that. So we have to go to your church to get the sermon, huh? Oh, yeah. But (laughs) you better hear it at your church. Oh, sure. Yeah, I would imagine every one of our churches should be proclaiming it. But they won't be. I have heard people talking about that Christmas is a time where we can be really thankful. No, that's called Thanksgiving. Christmas is a time where we worship the one who came to be born for the purpose of dying for us. And how did the wise men make that clear? Well, they fell down and worshipped him. They came, they came from afar to, 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 to see him. And what was one of the gifts they brought? Gold, frankincense, and mirth. And that... One was is embalming fluid. Embalming fluid, yeah. How would you like to be Mary and get a gift of embalming fluid for your newborn child? <laughs> well, well that would be a, about a year after he was born. Right. But, uh, and as I said, she pondered many of those things in her heart. We need to understand that, like the book of Psalms, are actually the prayers of Jesus himself. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then Jesus goes on to explain how the Father leads him into green pastures beside still waters. And of course, we as Christians get the same benefits that Christ got through faith. And that is what the whole Reformation was about that salvation is not by our works, but through faith in Jesus Christ. Well, in Romans 10, faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of Christ. So it is that word that we need to get out there to to everyone and witness to our friends, our neighbors, our, 
our, our loved ones about the the birth and the death and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. Exactly. In fact, in the book of Proverbs, it talks about wisdom. And wisdom in the original Hebrew is written in such a way that it's personified. It's not talking about knowledge. It's actually talking about a person who is speaking publicly and in the streets. And who is that person who is wisdom? Uh, it's Jesus, God. Yes, it is God. And the book of Proverbs is really good to learn how does God think in contrast to how man thinks. So man may think that Christmas is mainly a time to give thanksgiving for all the gifts we receive from God. But it really is, yes, a Thanksgiving time because the greatest gift he has given us is himself, which is found in no other religion in the entire world. World, And I would, again, encourage them, if they've never studied the angel of the Lord from the scriptures, that they get a hold of Pete Kurowski's Bible study. It's fascinating. You can even get a concordance, which has every word in the Bible. Look up angel and look for those words, angel of the Lord, and you will find that they're often referring to Jesus Christ prior to his incarnation. Okay, one of the things I do want to remind our people, we have now become, uh, with the IRS, you can send us any contribution and take it off your income tax. We'll send you a letter at the end of the year. And so we're about $5,000 short for this year. If you want to send it to Law and Gospel, that's how you write the check, to Law and Gospel, Post Office Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132 and that will be mentioned right after this program so thanks very much uh, for this and we'll be looking forward to our next time that we're going to be meeting great to be with you all right god bless you and we pray that those who are listening will be attending a proper christmas service god bless you Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your checkout to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod.